Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. Don't give up. We started this last week. Let's go a little further. Don't give up. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, Message Bible. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, Message Bible. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Hallelujah. Someone say with me, small potatoes. <laughs> Whatever it is that we're going through, you'll be amazed, okay? And we'll see it later on. What Paul was going through and his company, he said they were small potatoes. Today, in the mighty name of Jesus, we declare every attempt of Satan to amplify our challenges and to create fear. Those attempts are destroyed. We declare whatever it is we're going through, they are small potatoes. Last week, we drew inspiration from Paul the Apostle. He was on the voyage on the ship as a prisoner. So actually, there was a soldier that was there guarding him because they were taking him to Rome to go stand trial. And... <laughs> The sheep almost drowned. We said, you know, when you think about it, you wonder, how could someone as anointed as Paul the Apostle, you know, be experiencing challenges like that? Oh, well, the interesting thing here is that he actually warned them. He warned the soldier who was guarding him, warned the owner of the sheep, there's trouble ahead. But they did not listen to him. He did not have the final word, right? So sometimes we experience challenges and it's not because of our fault. It's simply because we are under authority, right? Does the story sound familiar? If you are part of an organization, the decisions that the organizational leaders make are binding on you. You're part of a family. The decision that the head of the family makes influences your life. You're part of a country. The decisions made by the leadership of the country, they're binding on you. They affect you. So some of us are running through storms right now that are <laughs> due to no fault of ours, but they are storms all the same, all the same. Now, you know, the good thing, you know, <clears throat> eventually the, sh the ship shipwrecked, but no soul was lost. I prophesy in the mighty name of Jesus, you may lose something but you will not lose your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? While everyone on the ship was focused on the storm, Paul was focused on God. That's the biggest lesson I get from the story. Everybody was looking at the storm. Paul himself said they got to a point where everybody lost hope. They could not eat 14 straight days. Nobody tasted food. Because they were as good as dead. But in all of that, Paul's own focus was on God. You know what he came up with? A revelation from God. Powerful. A revelation. Acts 27, verses 20 to 26, New Living Translation. 
what reading again? Acts 27, 20 to 26. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars, until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Hallelujah. Keep your focus on God. Because in spite of the storms around, what God says is what defines your own reality. Somebody say with me, what God says is what defines my reality. Not what the economy says. Not what other people say. <laughs> not what circumstances say. What God says is what defines my reality. If you believe that, say amen. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever storm it is you're going through, it will not drown you. You are coming out with a testimony. The God that spoke clearly to Paul the apostle, I declare that God comes through for you now. He comes through to you now. I prophesy for you, open eyes. I prophesy for you, open ears. I prophesy a revelation. Your eyes are open. You will hear something you never had before. God will give you a way through in the name of Jesus Christ. Why should you not give up? Trials transform you. Trials never leave you the same. Now it's up to you to determine whether they will leave you bitter or better. That's your choice, right? But trials don't leave you the same. A, a, a wise man said in the face of adversity, some go for, he said, some develop wings, others go for crutches. Will this situation make you bitter or will it make you better? Trials transform you. Don't give up because what is not working for you is working on you. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, what Paul's story demonstrates is the fact that we don't lose. With God on our side, we never lose. We never give up because we never lose. Hallelujah. You know, I see this Christian experience as, you know, it's a wrestling contest, right? Paul describes it as that. <laughs> we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Okay, so I see this Christian experience as a wrestling contest where your father is the referee. Hallelujah. I can't lose. Why? He will never count me out. 
even when Satan gives me a pinfall, right? Sorry if you don't watch wrestling and you don't understand. <laughs> right? Pinfall is when you put somebody on the ground and their two shoulders are down on the ground, right? <clears throat> and they count one, two, three. Good. And my father is a referee. Even when Satan is giving me a pinfall, my father, he will not even count. You know why? He will just say, Satan, look at what Christ did on the cross. That was where the winner was decided. Christ gave you a painful. That painful has been created, created into this guy's account. So the only time I can count is when he's winning, giving you painful, and he wins. Sorry, you lost 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. <laughs> we don't give up because we can't lose. And we don't give up because trials never leave us the same. God leverages them to achieve his divine plans and purposes. Let's explore some scriptures. What is not working for you is actually working on you. James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4, New Living Translation. James 1, 2 to 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Your endurance has a chance to grow, verse 4. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Isn't that amazing? The trial is working out something, developing some capacity. Metal work was one of my subjects in high school, right? And we found out how to develop various qualities in metal by heating and cooling. We heat until the metal is red hot. And sometimes, depending on the quality we want to produce, that's when we use a hammer to knock that metal while it is red hot and shape it. Some other time, we take the metal <laughs> out from the furnace while it is red hot, we put it outside to be air-cooled. You know that's going to be very slow, isn't it? It produces a different set of qualities. And then sometimes we actually bring the red-hot metal out and dip it inside cold water. Yes. <laughs> I'm describing for you the different things that you experience in the school of the Holy Spirit as he's producing eternal qualities in you so God can use you for his glory. Hallelujah. Message Bible. Let me read it from Message Bible. James 1, verses 2 to 4. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Ah! Help me to tell your neighbor, don't come out prematurely. <laughs> I, thank you, Jesus. I know the normal thing, right, is, God, get me out of this thing. Stop this thing. Breakthrough, right? <laughs> Calm down. Don't get out prematurely. You, there, there are qualities God is trying to produce in you. You will, oh, thank you, Jesus. You will frustrate the process. This compromise just to be able to make some small amount of money. This compromise of your Christian values just to be able to make a headway. It's frustrating the process. At the end of the day, you come out with nothing or you come out with something bad. 
don't come out prematurely. We've had the story, right, of the caterpillar turning into a butterfly, okay? And that's how someone saw, you know, the caterpillar goes into a cocoon. And then after some time, you will see the butterfly struggling to break out of the cocoon. Something that was crawling becomes something that is flying. So that's how someone saw this small butterfly trying to break out of the cocoon and felt a lot of pity, right? And went to take a blade, you know, caught the cocoon. That's how the butterfly could not fly and died. He didn't know that the struggle was part of the process for the development of the butterfly. Come on. Help me to tell your neighbor again, don't come out prematurely. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 6 to 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 6 to 10. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so. New Living Translation, right? Because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear my message. Paul speaking, verse 7. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Come on. Challenges produce in us qualities that good times don't produce. I know that African Christians don't like to hear this kind of message. Anything that has to do with suffering. And honestly, I identify 1,000%. We have suffered enough. <laughs> we have suffered. The only thing we want to hear is that God will put food on our table, will put clothes on our back, he'll give us a car to ride, he'll give us many houses to live in, and he'll put money in our bank account. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Honestly. People in other parts of the world have no idea what suffering is. Poverty has different definitions. Poverty is contextual. What are you talking about? Ah. So that's why you say, <clears throat> before you talk to me, do, do you know what it means to fetch water? You, you, all your life, water has been coming out of the tap. You have no idea who I am and where I'm coming from. You know how many buckets I carried on this head? <laughs> how many buckets? I, I, depending on your age, right? From small bucket to big bucket, then I progress to jerry can. <clears throat> right? Jerry can. Then, thank God, when I graduated from college and I could drive my dad's car, then I was now using the car to move around the, the, the jerry cans. So when you've experienced that, somebody told me, hmm? An, an older minister told me his experience while he was at university. How one day he, he had absolutely nothing to eat. He was hungry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I hope you're not eating, right? <laughs> right now, because I'm going to spoil your taste. How he, he went, you know, to the toilet and he was tempted to scoop what he, he passed out. I'm, I'm talking about why 
talking about suffering or anything, we don't want to even hear it because we've suffered enough. But the only problem there <clears throat> then is that it, it, it makes us to produce half-baked Christians who cannot stand trials, who cannot stand the heat in the kitchen. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse uh, verse 3, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, New Living Translation. Paul also writing. He said, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Yeah, if you're going to be a successful soldier, you've got to learn to endure hardness, right? Hardship. Message Bible, 2 Timothy 2, verse 3. When the going gets rough, take it on the chain with the rest of us, the way Jesus did. Take it on the chain. What do you do? How do you take it on the chain? Yeah, you... you you, you handle hardship stoically, right? <laughs> you maintain composure even when you're going through difficult times. Come on. Why do we read Hebrews chapter 11 only halfway? Because it's all positive, you know, at the beginning. How people did positive things. But when it moves to how people in the past, including Christ, endured tough times, we don't like to read those parts. As I wrap up, let me read. 11 verses 33 to 40. Hebrews 11, 33 to 40. New Living Translation. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others, ah yeah, but, but, take note of the but, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in the better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Isn't that amazing? They did not get the real thing. The real thing was coming with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we have the real deal, right? But do we have the same qualities as these people? Why should we compromise just because we experience some small challenges? And let me quickly add this. If you're at the school of thought, that when something bad happens to someone, especially if the person is, is a prominent person or is a leader, or it means something, they did something wrong, Come on. That thing is, a, is, is the product of a culture of wickedness that secretly wishes that something bad will happen to someone simply because they're being successful. Oh, no. Sometimes they're not even successful. It's just that we're just happy that something bad happened to somebody else. Come on. I should say also that it rests on a faulty theology. If... if the theology is that, oh, if you serve God well, your life would be perfect. That is faulty theology. When you read your Bible well, you will know that bad things sometimes happen to good people. So, 
Second <clears throat> Corinthians 1, 3 to 5, Message Bible from Paul. Second Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. All praise to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person, just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. Hallelujah. We come through tough times, challenges, battles, and then we end our stripes. And then we come into good times too. Amen. <laughs> I declare for someone experiencing harassment, persecution from Satan, the siege is over in the mighty name of Jesus. Even though God provides for us to go through tough times so he can fulfill his own uh, challenges, the tough times are not meant to last forever. The good times are there too. And for someone, I declare, you will not overstay. <laughs> Hallelujah. I prophesy a supernatural turnaround in the name of Jesus. I declare here today that we are raising Christians who will be Christians not only in good times, but also in tough times. We are raising Christians who won't compromise just in order to survive. Our goal is more than survival. Our goal is eternal. Our values are eternal. And ultimately, God's purposes will be fulfilled in our lives. If you believe that with me, say good amen. So from 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 10, we're going to make this powerful affirmation. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 10, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. Someone say with me, in the name of Jesus, I declare today, <laughs> through the power of the Holy Spirit, I may be pressed on every side, but I will not be crushed. <laughs> I may be perplexed. I will not be driven to despair. I will not lose hope. I may be hunted down. I will never be abandoned by God. I may get knocked down. <laughs> I will not be destroyed. Each time I am knocked down, <laughs> I will bounce back <laughs> the way Christ bounced back through the power of the resurrection. If you believe that, say a powerful amen. Prophesy on you right now in the name of Jesus the Christ. You are blessed. You are favored. Highly favored of God. The God that sent an angel to Paul in the middle of a storm. I declare in Jesus' name, he deploys the resources of heaven to you now. Receive a revelation. Receive open eyes. In the mighty name of Jesus, the word that will launch you out of that situation, it comes now. This service marks the end of anxiety. It marks the end of fear. It marks the end of hopelessness. In the name of Jesus, receive an impartation of faith. In the mighty name of Jesus, I prophesy you're coming through with power. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I prophesy that you now have capacity to help other people going through difficult times. Your story has value. And your story will bless the world in the name of Jesus Christ. 
If you believe that, say powerful amen. I like to pray quickly with that person in this service who says, Pastor, my relationship with God is not okay. Can you say a short prayer with me? I want God to forgive me my sins. Can you please put your hand on your heart? Every human being is born a sinner. And God sent Jesus to die for us, to pay for our sins. So all God wants us to do is ask for forgiveness. He forgives us, wipes our record claim. More than that, he removes the nature of sin from us, puts his own nature in us to help us live right. So if you're that honest person who wants us to pray together, please put your hand on your heart and say after me, Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you. <sighs> Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that said this prayer. Thank you because Jesus said there is a party in heaven. There is rejoicing when this happens. So we're just so, so grateful, Heavenly Father, for our brothers and sisters that said this prayer, either physically at any of our locations or online or on TV. Thank you. And now, Father, we just pray. Let them know you personally and teach them to love you to love other people the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand clap for these wonderful people. Hallelujah.